This is episode 34 on Abundant After Abortion, sharing my deepest, darkest secrets. Welcome to Abundance After Abortion. If you have had an abortion, girlfriend, you are in the right place at the right time. You are fearfully and wonderfully made and your life has purpose and meaning. And so does your little one. John 10.10 says, Christ died that we may have life and that to the full, or what other translations say, in abundance, not to the exclusion of those who have had an abortion. So I am so glad you're tuning in. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey y'all, I wanted to share a video recording (laughs) that I did in 2020 last year. No, three years ago. I was looking at the 22 and I thought it was last, last year. This year is 23. I recorded this video in 2020 on my birthday and I just wanted to publicly share all my deepest, darkest secrets all the things that I thought were super scary and there were certain people I didn't want to know things about me. I just didn't want to live under that or pretend that I, I don't know. I just had a lot of thoughts about keeping secrets and what it did to me, what it does to a person when they're constantly keeping certain truths from people or hiding from their own truth or just like trying to manipulate how people see you. Those are some thoughts that I had about secrets I was holding and I just wanted to be over it. I wanted to be free of who I think knows what and keeping um, things undercover. It's just a lot to keep up with after a while And it can be really exhausting and draining and stressful. So I thought it would be a brilliant idea to go live on Facebook for the world to see anybody and everybody to watch me share my whole entire story and all my deepest, darkest, scariest secrets. So I did that on my birthday in 2020 and it's an hour and seven minutes. I'm going to record all of it. You can break it up in chunks. I can only record on my platform for 60 minutes. So I'm going to pause the recording, save it, and start another recording to get it all in for you because I think it'll be a special treat. (laughs) And um, so when I recorded this, it was before I was certified through the Life Coach School. I was a coach at that time, but I had not niched down to who I serve today, which is women post-abortion through mental and emotional healing. Uh, And so I didn't even know what I would be doing. Um, Let's see, a couple years from then, three years from when I did this recording. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and uh, I'll be back in a bit. Good morning. Here we are. It is time for deepest, darkest secrets, which I have been sharing for this week at least that I was going to 
do this on my birthday today. And I am going to start, oh, it's 10 o'clock right now. I just wanted to beat the 10 o'clock hour because, because I'm nervous, of course. <laughs> so I do want to see if I can turn off. Oh, I can write comments. I was going to turn off comments because I don't want it to be a distraction. I'm not going to read comments. I'm also not going to greet you as you join. Um, and if you watch the replay later, thanks. We are just going to roll. I gave the hubs an hour. I thought an hour the at tops. I don't think it'll, it should take that long, but I don't want to have any time constraint or pressure to share what I really have been prompted to share for a while now. And the more I've thought about it, of course, I came up with excuses. Like, there are other things I could share. I don't have to share this, of course. Um, other excuses and reasons why I was trying to weasel my way out and try to find a, a valid reason to not share. And everything that came to mind was like, that's not... That's not a valid reason. That's It was all like selfish stuff. So in an effort to not be selfish and to share this story for the hope of it reaching someone or being inspiring to someone, I was going to say too that like when I see someone be... <laughs> be open and real and vulnerable, which is exposing yourself to potential harm. Um, it's inspiring and it's very motivating and you feel trust towards that person for them to choose to do that. And so ultimately it is a choice to share. Um, okay. Messages coming in. I'm going to not be distracted by messages, but, um, okay. So yes, I think there were a couple things that I wanted to just get out of the way right away before we dive in and it's just going to be zoned in until it's all out, okay? So I'm not going to be reading messages, comments. You can, if you'd please save your comments until the end, whenever that is. There, I'm not going to put any time constraint on myself. I'm not going to be greeting people as they join. There's a few people right now. If you're here to support, thank you. If you're here to gossip or spread rumors, that's fine. I've made peace with whatever comes out of this video. And I know that people from back home are going to watch this. I know that my friends are going to possibly see this and I'm just putting it out for everybody to see and be impacted by in one way shape or form so I do have some notes just because I don't know how I'm gonna react I've got Kleenexes I've got water I am letting out all the stops okay I'm not gonna hold anything back I hate crying in public I don't know if I'll cry I've got comfy blankets. I'm comfortable. I'm doing my best to share all the beans. And I think I said yesterday, somewhere I was saying, maybe in my video yesterday, I was like, it will not disappoint. Okay, you will not be disappointed. So, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I have some notes just so I 
talk about everything that I want to and it doesn't slip my mind or I don't like get distracted or anything. Um, so I've already been, I've known for a long time that I wanted to share my story, this story, um, but I didn't know on what platform or when. I just knew that I was going to choose to use what happened to me in my past as a testimony and as a way to encourage others. So I have never publicly shared this before. Um, my husband knows, my family knows, and now you're about to know. Let's see what else. So I also was inspired to think about sharing this when a friend of mine earlier this month made a comment. I like feel shaky. We're going to get through this, you guys. It's going to be okay. Um, a friend of mine earlier this month shared something that got me thinking about my story, about my experience. And I was thinking like, yeah, maybe I'll share it this month because it was appropriate. Like maybe by the end of October, I will squeeze it in before the month is over and I'll share my story. And so I had already been thinking about this specific um story thing that happened to me in my life and how I got to share it sometime. Okay. And I just needed to decide. I was also, okay. I'm just like sharing things before I get in to get my nerves out. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for being here so much. Thank you for holding your comments till the end also. And I can't really see who's here. So I'm not going to name people as you join. You can really watch. <sighs> I was talking to a coach colleague of mine and she was, I was telling her about my thoughts about sharing, um, this story of mine. And she's like, okay, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? And I was like, well, I was thinking about the end of October. And then I was like, then I was thinking, well, why don't I do it on my birthday? And just like really kick it. <laughs> like really do something hard. I don't know. Like worst case scenario, let's just, stab myself with a knife on my birthday, <laughs> emotionally speaking. And she's like, okay, are you going to do it? I'm like, dang it. Well, uh, okay. And then again, I couldn't think of a good enough reason not to do it, not to share my story. So I'm, I, I'm doing it on my birthday. I thank you for messages so far. You cannot make comments on my profile. It's like on private mode. So thank you for people who have messaged me. That's really sweet and nice. So far today, it's been great. My birthday is always great. And today is going to be freaking amazing too. Okay, here we go. Is there anything else? Any more preliminary notes before we begin to my story? Okay. Um, I want to share my story, not to compare with anyone because I was the thought crossed my mind about how I'm going to share my story, but it's not like the deepest, darkest, gravest story out there. There are worse stories than mine. Okay. But I am just sharing my story. You might hear it and be like, that's nothing compared to my story. And that's okay. I, and you can only share your story as you feel prompted to, to the depth that you want to feel led to, etc. 
this is just what happened to me and uh, it's not to compare and I'm not going to make it sound like the worst thing in the whole entire world because it's really not. It's just my story that I'm finally um, publicizing. I've never shared this before in public. So I'm simply choosing to come out, if you will, in an effort to be real with you and give you the opportunity to tap into your human tendencies if that is to react, feeling like you've been betrayed or lied to, or if you feel judgmental, whatever might come up for you. This is an opportunity for those things to surface and for me and for us to look at our own hearts and minds and why we think these things, right? To judge, to condemn, to look down on. And of course, these are all things that I've been afraid of, which is why I haven't shared up to this point. I'm afraid I'm going to ruin my reputation. I see all these selfish things. I'm afraid I'm going to be judged. I'm afraid I'm going to let people down. I'm going to disappoint people. All these selfish um, reasons to preserve my image and preserve my reputation and all these things. So I, I'm throwing that all out the window, okay? I want to be real with y'all and not be fake. Like, duh, being real is not being fake. Um, which is, of course, what I've been thinking out and willing to face means my story can be used for at least one person's good. Okay, and what better day to do this on than my birthday? Uh, what else? I did take a little party to get here. It's going to be pretty juicy, so just bear with me. I'm not going to put any time constraints. I'm just going to go. Thank you so much for... My friends that are watching now, I see some of you are here. I'm not going to name names or read comments. If you wouldn't mind saving your comments until the very end, I'll go back and read them. I'm just going to try not to be distracted. I'm like shaking. <laughs> I'm going to try not to be distracted as we go through, okay? Also, I would ask that no derogatory or demeaning remarks would be made about anything or anyone. I'm not going to say names or share names. But I have made peace in my heart and I've forgiven what has like transpired and gone on. So I don't want to think ill of anyone or think mean, nasty thoughts about anyone or anything. So please don't say anything like that. Okay, you can message me personally. I don't want that on this video, okay? All right, let's begin. Let's begin. I think that's everything. I've talked for like 10 minutes already. So we are going to go ahead and get started. Um... Let's begin. All my life, I have been the good girl. I've been the good girl. I grew up in church. I was raised in a Christian household. I was homeschooled. I knew everything black and white, right and wrong, clear cut, okay? I grew up in central Minnesota, so being raised very conservative and really kind of trapped in a legalistic mindset or lifestyle. Okay. I was very shy, very introverted. I had this many friends, I would say. And not to mention I was extremely shy when I was young and deathly afraid of disappointing people. It was like the end of the world if I 
disappointed someone by doing something wrong, especially when I knew it was wrong. That would be the worst thing ever. I was so shy, you guys. Okay. So all through high school, all through high school, I was homeschooled. I went to, I did take some college classes, post-secondary, while I was in homeschool. So I took college classes for um, high school credit, if that's how that works, you know what I mean? Okay, and then I moved to Texas after I graduated from high school. I spent a gap year in East Texas, and it turned into three years. So that was a Christian internship as well. So I spent three years doing all the Christian things, being Christian, including everything that you could imagine that would entail. Being a good, perfect little angel, right? I'm going to heaven. I'm doing all the good things. I'm pleasing God. I'm worshiping God. I'm living for God. My life is all about God. All these magnificent, glorious, wonderful, admirable things, okay? Three years in Texas. And then I came home in the fall of 2011. I got a job working at a gym and a coffee shop and I enrolled in college. So I was taking college classes as a full-time student, working two jobs. I was living 30 minutes from town. So I was raised in the country under a rock, y'all. Okay, out in the country, 30 minutes from town. It was an eternity to go anywhere living under a rock, just innocent, sheltered, naive life. I mean, I can claim naivety, but really, no, I'm not going to um, chalk up anything to like make myself feel better or justify this situation. Um, no. So anyway, and not a half a year went by, five or six months, and I met Prince Charming. I met Prince Charming. He was really cool. He had a great smile. He was super nice. And he was very interested in me. And that was attention that I wasn't used to. Probably I never experienced before. And I loved it. It made me feel noticed and loved and cared for it felt incredible to have this really cool guy that interested to know everything about me to be really interested in everything about me it was like really cool and i had never experienced that before Yes, indeed. I had never been in a romantic relationship before in my whole entire life. I was homeschooled, guys. And um, at the internship, dating wasn't allowed the first year. And then you could date your second and third year. I was there for three years, but I didn't date. I didn't. I wasn't interested in that whenever. I probably, like, didn't think anything of myself to want to pursue that. That's fine. I just put it off. I didn't really care about it. And so, and okay, so this guy, I'm getting hot. We, I have a soft, fuzzy blanket, so it's gonna be okay. We met on Valentine's Day, you guys. So it was meant to be. We met on Valentine's Day. If that's not a sign, oh my gosh, this is incredible. This is amazing. 
And we met on Valentine's Day. It was my first relationship. And my first and last boyfriend. Like, wow, if I could just marry this guy, it'd be incredible. It'd be a great love story. It'd be so wonderful. I've never been in a romantic relationship before, and I loved everything about this one. So we exchanged information, and he talked to me, like, nonstop. He was always just, like, so friendly and nice and asking questions to know me, and I loved it. I loved the attention. It was so just something I had never experienced or had in my life before, I guess I would say. He asked me so many questions to get to know me. He was truly and genuinely interested. Of course, it was amazing. We started to hang out and see each other more. We started doing things together as much as we could because I lived out of town 30 minutes and I was full-time in college and I was working two jobs. So we did what we could, but we started seeing each other more and hanging out wherever we could outside of work and college. So we spent time together in our cars after everything was closed because I worked late and it'd be dark out, middle of winter. What can we do? Where can we go? Let's just hang out wherever we can. And I wouldn't, let's see, we couldn't get enough time with each other. It was February. It was cold, dude. We met on Valentine's Day and we'd hang out. Um, and... Uh, I would get home like so late. It'd be like midnight and then I'd have to wake up at 4.30 because I had to be to work at 5.30. I had to drive 30 minutes. Anyway, that, I'm just complaining about that. But <laughs> moving on, this continued until June or so. And uh, so it was warmer and yeah, this was my first relationship. First guy I had been with been with and this continued until June or so one day we were going for a walk he really wanted to tell me something he really like had something he needed to tell me we were going for a walk out at this park and I could tell he was like nervous or there was something he needed to tell me intentionally purposefully tell me we were like alone out in this park walking it was warm and sunny and he, we stop at a picnic table or something, and he tells me that he's married. And you could just tell he was just felt so bad, felt embarrassed, felt all the things that you can imagine. You can see it on his face, and he was just so, like, burdened. And he told me that he was married. And I heard it. I heard what he said. And I think I paused a little bit. And I looked at him and I was like, I know. I know. <laughs> I knew it already. Um, so I don't remember what all our conversation consisted of, but... I had been convicted of our relationship and my choice to continue with the relationship. But I love the attention, but right? I love the attention. I love, I thought he was so great. I thought he was wonderful. He was all that. He was so cool. All the things. He was amazing. He was Prince Charming. And, but I knew, I knew that he was married. Um, but we continued down a romantic relationship. We weren't just friends. We weren't just friends. 
Okay, so I thought I could end it at any time. I thought I was in control. I thought I could just be like, we, this is enough, we gotta stop. I don't want this anymore. I genuinely believe that, convinced myself of it for a long time. Uh, I thought I was stronger and that I was in control. I thought I could end it. I remember trusting him to be the man in the relationship and to be respectful of his relationship. But when he wasn't, when he continued to pursue me in a romantic way, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know because I only grew up around Christian men who like lived their life to honor God and please God. And I had never been in a relationship, romantic relationship before. I'd never had a boyfriend before. And I trusted all the men in my life. So this was all foreign and new to me. And when he was displaying signs that I didn't agree with, or that was like contrary to my morals, I didn't know. It's the weirdest thing because I trusted and then it wasn't what I trusted. It turned out to be something different. Okay. Um, I trusted that he would place boundaries. I trusted that he would be mature and that he would be the man in the relationship and be respectful with me. This was the schema that I knew all my life of mature God honoring men. It's all that I knew. So when this guy came around and had other intentions, I was susceptible. I fell prey. No, I didn't fall prey. I chose it. I can't say that I was a victim. I was pretty naive. I also walked into a trap with my eyes wide open. My eyes were wide open. I knew. I knew it was wrong and I felt terrible for it. It went against everything that I was raised to believe, everything that I lived my life to believe. It went against my whole entire life. Like it went against everything. He explained the details of his marriage and the situation that he was in, but that didn't make what we were doing okay. And I knew that. I think he decided to try, or we might have decided to try and be friends, but putting restrictions on our friendship didn't work because we both did not want to just be friends. It didn't work. And I wasn't strong enough. He wasn't strong enough. We weren't strong enough to end the relationship. So it continued down a romantic path. Okay, he was not committed to getting help in his marriage and I threatened to be done with our relationship on multiple occasions because I couldn't handle the stress. I was extremely stressed. Um, the stress of living a lie and living against my moral convictions. So I made threats often, but it didn't work. I wasn't strong enough to end it. I tried we would always resolve it and go back to how things were. I wagered with myself saying, if he isn't free from his current situation, 
and I would give it a timeline, maybe six months. I think I was like three months, then six months, then a year, then three years. That's it. Like if no, I, I understand that it would take time to for him to fix what's going on or resolve it, whatever. So, okay, I kept extending the time. Maybe in a year, things will change. Okay, then maybe in three years. I don't know, but I kept extending the time. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And I would threaten, that's the only thing I knew, that would maybe try and prod him to end with me or his marriage. Um, but it never worked. It never panned out. So I was lying in the meantime to my family. I was lying about my faith. I was lying to my church. Um, I was living a lie because it wasn't exposed. I was keeping it a secret and I was in bondage to it. I couldn't imagine what his wife was going through. I was scared. I was so scared what she thought about him or if she knew about me. What if somebody found out and now everybody knows and now I'm completely humiliated and embarrassed and I feel like a hypocrite and I'll probably go to hell and all of these things, okay? What if I were exposed? It was such inner turmoil. I was so stressed and I'm like, now, okay. Then it happened. I knew something was up. I could tell something was different. I didn't know anything about it, but I thought that, okay, so, so then it happened, something happened, and I didn't know anything about this thing that I thought had happened because I'm pretty naive, like, I'm homeschooled, I'm sheltered, never been in a relationship before. But all that I knew is that you have to uh, test with your first P of the day. That's the only thing that I knew about this thing that I think happened. So I live 30 minutes from town or so. I don't remember when I moved to town. But anyway, I carried my pee around in a jar all day until later in the afternoon when I was free to get a test and go swab it and see that the results came out positive. I was pregnant. It was positive. Now what? I'm ruined. Ruined. I tested in a bathroom. <laughs> in, of course, tested in a bathroom. I tested at this grocery store in the bathroom at, uh, at the grocery store because I carried my pee around in a jar all day to test that pee because that's, I think that's, I don't know how it works or something. So, um, we met later and I told him in a restaurant that I'm pregnant. He was like, no, what? How? <sighs> there was no way 
I could face this. What am I going to do? I am a perfect Christian angel. Not only am I in an adulterous relationship, um, having sex with this guy outside of marriage, me being outside of marriage, him being in one, lying, going against everything I believed and knew, my moral faith all my life. I just did not know what to do. <sighs> I couldn't face it, any of it. I couldn't face any of it. And neither could he. Um, if you've ever grown up in a small town, you know that word spreads fast and people like to be in people's business. You really can't keep secrets. People like to gossip and be involved in things that they have no business being involved in. Like this was gonna ruin everything. My future, heaven forbid, poor Katie. Like my reputation, my opportunities, all the things is what I felt and what I thought. So. In our effort to look good for people, to be accepted by people, to get out scot-free, to maintain our reputation, to be accepted by our peers. I knew I was gonna cry. <sighs> to run away from the worst case scenario, from our fears. Give me a second, I'll be okay. Whew. We decided our best option was to get an abortion. We did something wrong. And we, we were doing something wrong we wanted to make it right by doing something wrong. <sighs> okay, I'm like halfway done. We still have a little ways to go. Whew. I hated it because it was so messed up. It was so backwards. I hated everything about it. Our relationship, what happened, my choice, my decisions. It was twisted. I felt so bad about myself. I felt sorry for him. I felt bad for him. And I thought I had to. I knew it was wrong, but I really thought that was the only option I had. I was so scared for you to find out. I was scared to go through with it. 
I believed I had to. I knew everything was wrong. I just wanted it all to go away. I wanted our relationship to be erased. I wanted everything to work out for his marriage to be restored. <sighs> Babies aren't wrong. Our sin is wrong. So I secretly had an abortion by myself at my parents' house in my bed. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what, I didn't know how to have an abortion. I didn't know what it consisted of. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what it was going to do to me. It was a secret. I followed the instructions. I was by myself. My parents, my mom was cooking lunch. I had to be quiet. I couldn't make noise or draw attention. It was hell. It was the worst. It was so painful. That's how it is. So that was that. Okay. Um, I did what I had to do. I womaned up. I did the thing. It was done. It wasn't going to happen again. I was going to move on. Everything was going to be okay. I didn't have a choice. Uh, trying to remember if I actually cried about it. I don't know if I even did. Because I didn't want to be hurt for something I chose to do. All right. So... Um, I've never allowed myself to feel like a victim about my abortion because it was my choice. I told myself the relationship was wrong. I didn't have the right to feel sorry for myself or to mourn. I just moved on. It was nothing to me. I couldn't let it be anything. Talking about the baby. But I still loved him. So we stayed in our relationship. We just practiced more care. We continued. It didn't end. Time went by. I waited for him. I waited. I continued my threats. If you don't leave me, if you don't leave her, if you don't change, if nothing is solved, I'm leaving. I'm going to go. I'm going to leave. We're going to be done. I'm never going to talk to you again. I'm going to lock you out of my life. I'm going to get a restraining order. All the threats. One year, three years, five years seven years we traveled we went places we did things 
He had a key to my house. I loved him with all my heart and I waited. Which is why I couldn't bring myself to end the relationship. I pushed things further and further though between us. I felt like he wouldn't listen to me or take me serious. He didn't believe my threats when I threatened myself or anything. Bigger threats, like more intense, more crazy threats. He didn't believe me and it wouldn't pan through. I couldn't follow through with them either. So I had to threaten like bigger and bigger things, hoping that it would inspire a change or do something. I was so like dead end, but it was my choice. <laughs> um, he would always tell me that the only way he would leave me is if it, I fell in love with someone else, as if I, if I got involved with another relationship. I found someone else to be with. He would always tell me that. So him being my first and only serious relationship, this posed a little bit of a challenging feat for me. But I wasn't an ugly duckling anymore. So I decided that this was my only way out. He told me this is the only way. So... This is my only choice. So I understood that he was taken. So I'm really not cheating on someone if they're already married, right? Is what I told myself. So I became promiscuous. I <laughs> write deep, dark secrets. <laughs> no one would ever know this about me. And now it's all out for everyone to hear. It's time to stop faking and stop being a good girl. I've been the good girl all my life. And not that I'm, okay, I'm going to talk about that probably at the end. Okay, I kept it a secret that I was seeing another guy because I wanted to have like a real relationship established when I told him so that it was legitimate, so that he really believed me and this was my ticket, this is what I needed to confront him with. I'm in a re relationship with someone else, we're in love, I'm dumping you. This is the end, that's what I thought. <sighs> then he found out before I could tell him. And uh, he was picking me up from the airport, so we had an hour and a half drive, and it was the worst. It was whatever. Like, sometimes I really hated him. <laughs> um, he was mad. Like, really mad that I was seeing someone else. Um, it was just really emotionally painful. And after that night, after that happened, I made up my mind that I was going to move. It was the only way I could be completely out of this relationship and really end it. 
truly, I had to move. This is the only way. Everything is the only way. <laughs> so, so many things had also built up to this point. Like, I was learning about being a life coach. I had started my life coaching business. My business was growing. I had bigger visions than the town that I lived in, than for Minnesota, and my business, my intolerance for Minnesota, the desperate need to get out and stretch my wings to be on my own, and finally make my dream happen, to be free and let go. This was all that I needed. So it took about a year to get everything in order for me to move. I secretly flew here to Texas and toured a bunch of apartments. Not even at that time, my family didn't know that I was planning on moving and that I had taken this quick trip to go find someplace to live by myself in Dallas. So I sold everything in my house. I shipped half my things, if that, in a semi across the country to the promised land, Texas. It was the only way he couldn't find me or reach me. I believed we couldn't see each other every day. He couldn't hunt me down. He couldn't follow me. He couldn't come. If I was all the way on the other end of the country, other side of the country, he can't just like drive three hours and come be with me. He would do anything to be with me. And uh, so it was another way for me. Okay. Let's see. The only way we could be done for good. He wouldn't accept it though. I told him that I was moving and that wouldn't stop him. It didn't for a while anyway. Um, this, me moving was also just another way for me to wait for him. Like if you really want to be with me, you will get your shit together and come move and marry me or something. So I still was waiting. I was like, if you're really serious, then I really want to be with you. Um, but if you're not, then I don't live anywhere near you. So we can just be done. Now that I'm out of the picture, maybe he'll finally deal with his stuff. And if he did, maybe in a month or three months or six months, I was playing the time game again. Then I'm here. If not, sayonara. He came and visited a couple times and things were okay. Like he was working on it and I was waiting for him. He came and visited a few times. We like had a long distance relationship, but nothing changed. So I decided again to start pursuing another relationship so that we could be done. It could really be done, right? So I got on some dating apps, met a few guys, and bam, I found someone. I found another guy to be in a serious relationship with. I told my guy, he wasn't my ex yet, maybe he kind of was, 
I don't know. I told him that I was, let's see, uh, I told him the situation I came out of, okay, my new found relationship, I told, yes, he knew my new relationship, I told him, because I was done hiding, I was done lying, I wanted him to know about me, like, the truth about me and my past, and accept me, despite of that, for who I am today, right, that makes sense, so I started cutting the strings to my ex, and I was ready to be done, I saw this new guy for like a few months three or four months or something and then that didn't work out either so we were done and I started searching again because I didn't want to go back you guys I was in love with my ex for seven years and I waited for him for seven years I would have gone back I would have because I really wanted to be with him (sighs) so it didn't work So I have a new ex and I was searching again. I met a few other guys, which also didn't work out. And I was fed up with online dating and just decided to delete my accounts and be alone. Everybody was blocked. Everybody was out of my life, out of the picture. I am alone. I do not want to be in a relationship with anybody, anybody, not even my ex. Okay, after being single for a while, I'm kind of trying to speed this up because we're going on an hour, 45 minutes. After being single for a while, maybe half a year, uh, one morning I was on my way walking to the gym and I met Aldo. That's one name I will share. I met Aldo. He was sweet. He was respectful, he was older, he was mature, he was built, he was caring, he bought me food, (laughs) he was great, he was really wonderful. And he was at the gym every morning, bright and early, and... uh, I, he asked me out very soon after our first meeting. We like ran into each other on the sidewalk on our way to the gym. And like the next day, maybe he asked me out. And I didn't have any reason to say no. Um, I was like, yeah, why not? Why not? It's not going to hurt anything. I don't have any opposition. So we did. We went out. Like I said, he bought me food. It was great. And after a while, I, like, as we got to know each other more, of course, I wanted him to know. So I told him about my past. I told him everything. So he knew and he could make a knowledgeable choice whether he wanted to be with me or not. I wanted to give him that um, power. I don't know. Um, I told Aldo everything about my relationship right from the beginning. I was done hiding and done being fake, living a lie. So we, okay, we planned a trip to see the Alamo after a few months of 
dating, seeing each other. We we're going to go to the Alamo. How cool. I've never been. It's in Texas. It's going to be great. And I get to go with you. How fun. <sighs> Everything was great. The morning of, he came over early so that we could pack our things and uh, get the car on the road. It was going to be like a long drive. I don't remember, five hours or something to the Alamo. We could get a start on the road. We were getting ready when we heard a knock at the door. So he went to see who it was and opened the door to my shock and horror. It was my ex at the door. I could have barfed. I could have passed out. Like, I feel that. I was like, I could have passed out. I was, just, I could have died. died. So there he was. Um, I thought I was going to puke. I could feel the color just drain from my face. There is Aldo. There is my ex. He had no idea what was going on. Um, I was like, what are you doing here? He was confused. We were all confused. And he asked, what's going on? I was like, we are leaving. He continued to ask me questions um, while Aldo was like embarrassed and standing at the door, just probably felt completely humiliated. He was there and trying to make sense of what was happening but after seeing that I just needed a minute to handle, handle this, he went to the other, other room. Excuse me. I spoke to my ex at length, to which he told me he came all this way. He had flown to come and tell me that it was done, that he was no longer married. I would have jumped in his arms. I, that's what I was waiting for. For seven years. I was waiting for this for so long. But I told him it was too late. There was no going back. I had already ended it with him in my heart. And I loved Aldo. I truly did. And I turned him away. I didn't even let him in the apartment. Came all this way. He had his backpack on. Turned him away. It was like 7 in the morning. Or 7.30 or something. And he left. That was the last time I saw him. So, um, after that, of course, I pursued, I mean, Aldo and I pursued our relationship together and uh, we got married in September last month. It's been a journey, y'all. And now we're going to talk about why I'm sharing all my guts with you for the past hour. If you watched, thanks. <sighs> okay. Why am I sharing this with y'all? On my birthday. It's okay. 
All right. So something I was um, talking about a while ago, maybe last week, one of my month of me lives was on a Sunday. Actually, I think it was like the 18th. I was contemplating like if the world were to end tomorrow or if I were to not be here tomorrow for whatever reason, I was kind of feeling like sad and I would be robbed of the opportunity to grow my business, to like reach my goals in my business. I have like these big, huge, high, lofty, scary dreams for my business and I know I'm going to do it. And I've seen it as something out in the future. Like, I'll do it one day. I'll have that in 10 years. And if I weren't here tomorrow or the rapture happened and mass chaos or the world came to an end, what have you, if that happened, I'd be like, man, kind of let down. Like, I didn't have a chance to use my gifts to, like, make a million dollars, you know? And so I was asking, I was thinking and asking myself, What am I waiting for? What is not happening now that is going to happen in 10 years when I'm wildly successful or something? And I had to, like, I had to see what I wasn't willing to do now that I thought would, for some reason, happen in the future. And sharing my story was one of them. I thought... Maybe my story is like a powerful thing I can share on a stage one day or in front of a crowd of people or in my practice or on a test uh, podcast or something like someday my story is going to impact people and be used for good. But it's not today. I'm not there yet today. It's I don't know. So I had to ask, like, why? Am I not sharing my story today? And you may have heard like not to share something for the purpose of helping someone if you're not yet over it. If you're not yet through that deep, dark valley or whatever. So I had to ask myself, like, am I over it? Am I through it? Is it done? Why or why not? Because I thought I would use it for sure when it's when I have victory over it. And it was really it just came down to a decision because as long as you keep secrets, as long as you don't share, you're not over it. You don't have victory over it because you're not willing to share and be vulnerable. I saw all my excuses as being selfish, why I shouldn't share. I was really scared. Like, dang it, I cried in front of you. I'm really embarrassed. <laughs> no, I, I don't like to cry in public, but it was very um, vulnerable for me to share something that I've never shared in public before. And you know what? It's going to spread. People back home are going to spill the beans and spread rumors and I don't care because if it means that I was able to help one person I don't care about 20,000 people that smell my dirty laundry I don't care I'm over it it's not about me I impacted 
um, other lives, not for the good, but what the devil meant for evil, God can use for good. Abortion is not good. It can be used. My story can be used for good. And as long as I don't talk about it, as long as I do not share my story, it cannot be used for good. Or it would be for selfish ambition. <sighs> um, yeah, okay. So there was that. I just had a couple notes along with my notes that I wanted to make sure. Yeah, I went over. Okay. <sighs> mm, all right. We're about to wrap up. It was an hour. Wow, okay. Um, okay, so my friend who posted something earlier this month, she said that October is National Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. And in her post, she shared her thoughts of how that should include abortion, despite abortion being a woman's choice. And because she was brave enough to post her feelings and her thoughts for those who have had an abortion, I got to thinking about my story. So although it was your choice to have an abortion, the fact still remains that you lost a baby. So she thought that abortion should be included in Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. And I was 13 weeks along when I had my abortion. I didn't know the gender. I didn't know anything about being pregnant. Um, I did not allow myself to connect to my baby. I just justified my actions by saying what I did to get there was wrong. But like I say, babies aren't wrong, y'all. Okay. Her post brought courage to me to speak out about my experience. And I knew that as long as I kept my story to myself, I would be living in fear and shame and judgment. I would be judging myself and I would be afraid of people judging me. But there are so many women in bondage to their fear and shame. And if I can share my story and allow you to feel a little liberated to have courage to share yours, then my experience can be used for good. Not happy or proud about my past. My choices. Um, in order to protect myself, I did not think that I could withstand the pain. So I did not see myself as killing a baby. I never chose to think that because that would, poor me, that would be more pain for me. So like I say, I don't even know if I cried about it. 
I had to callous my heart. I chose to callous my heart about it. And I've never talked about it. I've never talked about it until now. Now you know. Okay, a couple more things. Um, I have a little bit of a rant. So if you choose to continue and watch or if you want to tune out now, that's fine. We've been on for an hour. I'm going to end with my little rant here. Um, okay, so looking back, I never saw myself as killing a baby. And I never um, thought about, like, I never connected to, like, is it a boy or a girl? Like, none of that. I do want to say, though, that to connect to my baby now, I'm choosing to do that. And I'm choosing to see it as a she. And her name is Evelyn, which means life. All right. If I can be a Christian and choose to live in sin and come out on the other side forgiven with my heavenly father saying, I don't remember your sin anymore. It's as far as the east is from the west. Then you can come out of your captivity of being in bondage to your past. Because that's what he says. We remember our past as a testimony. Our past happens for us, not to us. Your past, <laughs> like, picking my nose here. Excuse me one moment. Your past does not define you. It does not limit your future. And what the devil, I think I'm good, <laughs> meant for evil, God can use for good. And that is the only thing I am willing to remain in bondage to. God's ability to use my past for good. I will always stay in that. Your past does not define you. Um, I was an angel, okay? Um, I was an angel that had every reason. Man. All right, I got it. I already, like, spilled my guts out. So what's it now if I pick my nails a little bit? <laughs> um... I was an angel that had every reason, every right to be critical, especially of Christians, critical of sinners and judge because I was a Christian since I was eight years old. I was homeschooled. I went through biblical curriculum. I knew right from wrong. I was like, Paul, I was like, I obeyed 700 Jewish laws. I was perfect, okay? I had all the right and reason to be critical of sinners and especially of Christians and judge. I was an innocent good girl. I was the good girl until I was 23 or something when I turned bad. Now, I've always been bad. Guys, we are born into sin. I've always been bad. But I've lived my life to be a good girl, to be good. I was an innocent good girl who never did anything morally bad. I kept 700 Jewish laws, but I was humbled. 
I know how it is to feel like a righteous Christian, and some of y'all need to repent for being one yourself. If you are a Miss Goody Two-Shoes, you can put on a coat of compassion, not only toward the unbeliever, but toward your fellow brother and sister in Christ. Of course, we were we're in the Bible every single Sunday. We know all the right things. And so when we see evil, we are so quick to say that it's wrong and proclaim it on the mountaintops. That is sin. That is wrong. That is bad. No wonder why people hate Christians. Uh, we can be the most hypocritical two-faced creatures on the planet. Because we're quick to point out evil for what it is and not care about the person behind the sin, okay? Hate the sin, not the sinner. That's the phrase that comes to mind. And if you're pricked right now, right now, get off, get your face out of the law, aka Bible, for a second so you can see the honk and plank of wood in your own eye and check your heart. If you have a problem with that, it's all right. I, for one, have already made peace in my heart about people judging me or criticizing me or feeling betrayed or like I'm a big fat liar or whatever. I don't care. I know that my eternity is sealed. So here, there, or in the air, it don't matter. If you want to share your story, I'm here for you. I care about you. I am not going to judge you. I had ex uh, excuses, reasons to judge, but it's all gone. Let's talk about it. God cares about you, not about what you've done. He really doesn't. It doesn't taint you. It does, he doesn't see you differently because of what you've done. He separated that as far as the East is from the West, and he remembers it no more. He really doesn't. We do. We're human. We remember our past. And it's your choice if you want to live in shame and bondage, buy it or use it to kick the devil in the teeth with it because he wants to use it for evil. God's forgiven you for shit you haven't even done yet. <laughs> okay, so, all right, that is, okay, I only went a little over. That's all I have Thanks so much for watching me ball my eyes out a little bit today. Thank you for your birthday wishes. Seriously, let's talk. Now that this is out in the open, I do feel at more liberty to share about it more. I've never talked about my relationship or my choices or my abortion or anything like that. So, ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> the end. Thanks, so much. I am going offline. I'm spending the rest of the day with my hubs. It's going to be great. We're going to get cheesecake tonight. Ah. All right. That's all. That's all I have. You're great. You're wonderful. You're amazing. And I do love you. Okay. Bye. Any. All right. There it is. My hour and seven minute story plus intro plus outro plus me inviting you to consider so 
things. There might be something that is in your life that you feel um, prompted or I don't want to say pricked. Like you feel prompted, let's just say, to talk about, to share, to expose, to come out with. Like, Like me, it might be something you've been hiding or keeping a secret or trying to sweep under the rug and pretend isn't there. You might feel like there's something you know or feel like you should or need to share. Um, But it's scary until you haven't. Or like me, you're afraid of what people are going to think and your reputation is going to be ruined and you're going to be ostracized for the rest of your life. Like all the thoughts that come with what it would mean for you to take action and share or expose or uncover this secret or maybe this lie or hidden truth that you have yet to reveal. Something like that might be like pricking your heart. And uh, now's the time. <laughs> now's the time uh, to take action, to share, to um, apologize, to um, open up to that person about Um, I think you will be led and you'll know what needs to be done and how to do it. So just sleep on it, think on it, mull it over, journal it, pray about it, because that is coming up for you for a reason, for many reasons, like I shared. It could be for your own healing. It could be to glorify God. It could be to help somebody else who needs to know the truth about you or your story. And if you have questions or hesitations, I am here to help you sort through that. To encourage you, to hear you, to help you hear yourself. I'm not going to give you advice. I'm not going to tell you what you should do. But I can help you hear yourself and maybe make a decision about what to do or how to do it. And you could just reach out any way you know how uh, to get in touch with me, Instagram, Facebook, email. All my contact information is in my bio link in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you and hear your success story, meaning you did the thing, even if it was a flop, even if it was a fail, even if you cried in front of people on camera, (laughs) even if it was really scary or it didn't turn out like you hoped it would. I want to hear about you sharing what is bubbling up for you after hearing me share my story. Okay, like I say, you're amazing, you're wonderful, and uh, I will see you next week.